0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of A Wolf in Gates Clothing, hosted by yours truly, Wolfson. And with me is my special guest, the, the one and only Mike Phoenix Hero. Let's go. Hello. How's it going, man? How's it going? Pretty good. Yeah. treating you all right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, we got a, to- a lot to talk about. Earlier before, I felt like I, we didn't have that much talk. To- uh, topics to talk about but then when i looked out i was like oh shit this just happened oh shit this just happened there's like a few things that just happened today and only today and then i just found about it in the span of a few hours so i'm mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about this man for once we're on time we're on schedule on announcements huh
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's get the longest part out of the way the, the tzg i think the people want to know how you switched the uh, decks
0: oh my god
1: from Centurion?
0: <laughs> so I'm no longer in Centurion. And then I'll, I'll be back in Centurion. I know. I, I know. I'm- <laughs> gotcha, bitch. I'll, I'm a hypocrite. Here's the thing. I did retire the deck because the deck right now is just kind of unplayable because it only has one line. And when you have a deck that has only one line, it's kind of hard to maneuver the the competitive scene because everybody knows exactly your choke point or your weakest point in all this, you know? But, um, wouldn't you know it? After I, we aired the episode and I said I'm retiring the the, the deck itself, wouldn't you know it that in the next corset on Legacy of Destruction in April, bam, we got Centurion support and it kind of actually helps a little bit the consistency on Centurion. I'm just like, well, Fuck me, huh? Because I just literally uploaded all of my cards out of it, you know? And now they're back in and pricey. Um, what I think about the new support, like, I I, I felt, already told you, it's like, I feel like, eh, about it. But then after playtesting, it, it's like, all right, it still doesn't have any inboard protection. I feel like that's exactly what this deck needs. It needs an inboard protection. But what this deck now with the new support, it just creates more than one opening, more than one line. So it's no longer a one-line starter. No, it, it's it's it, it opens up a couple more lines. So I was just like, all right, but I'm not gonna play Centurion. From I'm gonna wait until the new support because like I really want to play the Fire Dragon OTK deck. But now I'm mm-hmm. like considering up getting um. A freaking case, because like <laughs> legacy sounds like this monster of a corset. So currently, I'm right now playing Earthbound Runic, which I am fairly enjoying it. It ha- it has its uses. It actually has its things, and and I'm having much more fun than I had before, and, and it's giving me some certain results. Now, last week when we when we did um on the locals, uh it didn't perform. Let me let me hold on. Let me re- rethink that. No, it performed the way I hope it was gonna perform. I, I ended up doing one free, which is pretty bad. But it's okay because a I only play suboptimal because there was a certain cards that I was missing because I was promised by the store by Junior that it was gonna he was gonna give me the cards when and I call, hey. Pulled them out. And when I got there, yeah, 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 I got you. I got you. It was getting closer. Oh, I can't find the order, so I can't help you with that. I'm like, bro, what were you doing this entire time that on a Saturday when there's no customers? What you were doing? I was just like, I was just upset about it. And I should have contacted you first to ask if you had the card. So because Mm -hmm. I didn't have that one card, I had to play suboptimally. And wouldn't you know it? That card would have made a hell of a difference, and and every other deck that I was playing that day, it would have made a hell of a difference. It would it would have make a break that game winning slot. But I can say that this deck is actually pretty strong as it is, and a lot of people don't know about the deck, so that gives me you know a little bit of edge. And as well, um, I play all three games in every round. So it wasn't like I lost all the games because it was all one sided. No, we begged, we went back and forth. The the mm-hmm. thing that I do notice is that it definitely does has a weak point going second. Like if you don't side out, go go second cards, or have a sort of an engine of sorts to go second, it might be a very tough battle. This week is gonna be. The sneak peek for Phantom Nightmare, which is the new corset that's releasing by Konami on Yu-Gi-Oh! Phantom Number, the official release is next week. Th- this week we're having the sneak peek. We we'll hope to have something. Um, I'm not really hoping for anything to be honest. Um, I already told you what I wanted. Like they're all comments because I already pre-ordered. Uh, popular populist, which is now popular, and Promethean. Mm-hmm. So like I really don't like I really don't have I'm not seeking anything like I'm not even buying a bots or anything I don't know if I am buying a bots or not I'm just getting whatever I let singles gain at this point because there's nothing for me and I am having fun with the Earthbound Runic I am I uh, it's I guess like the struggles is like going second that's that's the struggle you know and if you don't open like like a good hand starter. Like, if you don't have the starter and then have a couple of cards for them to blow up your or break the board, then it's kind of hard, you know? Um, and would you know it, that as soon as I picked up the deck, Joshua Sh- uh, Smith posted on YouTube about it. I was like, these YouTubers mm-hmm. are literally raiding us. Like they're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're hacking on us or something because, like, how the fuck? Well, I only talked ab- uh, to you about this and I didn't realize there was already a pro player already behind it. I was just like, "Oh, okay." So I just went up, went around based on what he was going for. But his way, it, it's kind of weird, you know. Hmm. But yeah, I like, I like, I like the new earthbounds. I feel like it needs a little bit more support. And um, just today, I was telling you about Kashira. so now I'm thinking of doing Earthbound Katsuya. So I'm just playing Katsuya. Simple deck doing the dark side, (laughs) (laughs) we're just splashing the Earthbounds because like like Castillo doesn't really really need the the normal summons, so yeah, Earthbound can just fill up that spot for the normal summons. And if you get the one for one card, you special Mm -hmm. summon the Earthbounds. It's like even more openings, you know. So I started playtesting the Kashira version of Airbound, and it is like, holy crap, this is actually much more better than Airpod because a) you can play on the shifter, mm-hmm. like they don't really care, just play on the shifter. B) you you can pull out Shen, Shen. So a Ryzard ban? Oh, okay, my bad. Anyways, Shen Shen. So you still got the Microcosmo out there. And the cool thing about Shenzhen is like if you pop Shenzhen, you can still revive him the next turn. So it's a a cool strategy. There's a couple of cool strategies that Earthbound has with Kashira. I was even going mad, mad man of myself and say, hey, what happens if I just splash some of the snake guy in on Kashira? And I was like, oh my God, this is a whole rabbit hole that I'm going now with Kashira. I was like, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to go back again to Kashira now. And it just splash with with freaking earthbound Because now in this format so far, all I'm saying is that Droll is gonna be very heavy. It's gonna be a droll format. Everybody needs to have a droll and Lockbird with them. So yeah, like I that's something I'm noticing. There's a couple of changes. Ghost Bill is gonna be your best friend as well. And um, yeah, respecting the background, so you know, cosmic cyclones to remove some of those stuff and whatnot. It's just little stuff that is switching. I don't know if the format is gonna change harder when the new s- core set is getting released. Like it might be better, might or it may remain the same. I don't know enough, but if I if somebody asks me, I will say it's gonna remain the same. Only the difference is that fire fire people, fire players, whether it's snake eyes or fire kings or rescue ace, they're gonna be dominating the game a lot more. Because of the Snake yeah. Eye Populous, you know, or Poplar. But yeah, those are like, just like my thoughts about it. There was also something else that I want to talk to you. But before we get there, um, how was your your experience with your deck um, last week on the Locals? And what are your thoughts about it?
1: So, not last week, but the week before that, I switched to the Heat Soul Kashira. Yeah. So then that week, because we didn't do a podcast, you did one with her cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That week. Yeah. So um, I got third place with it. Oh. And I only did the combo line successfully once. Really? Um. Yeah. Cause either I got shifter, so I can't do the combo line. Because mm. I need to revive from graveyard, so I don't have a graveyard on a shifter, or um, I got like Nibiru halfway through the. <laughs> the combo, Ooh. which which isn't bad because they're doing it as I'm like link climbing and then Nibiru me it's like, okay, well that can birth and then bring back like Fenrir. Right. So like I have a like inter- I not have two interruptions regardless and I think like I, I forgot what I did, but I think um I was able to go to like SP and Fenrir. So like it didn't like kill me uh, on okay. Nibiru. So I was like, yeah, I guess it was a good Nibiru bait. um mm-hmm. So then Last week I got second place. That's right. Um climbing up. I <laughs> attempted the combo line zero times. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like I'm just playing my old deck but now I limited my extra deck to um to have more links I didn't use. Okay. So but um but yeah I think I told you that like yeah I want to do voiceless cash. So that's gonna be the mm-hmm. new thing once once this set
0: comes out. Like that's all the only thing that you wanna do.
1: Um, I've been play testing it and I really like it. The, mm-hmm. So the thing with um, Tira is like you can't you're locked into Xyz. Yeah, from the extra deck, but ritual summoning is not extra deck summoning. Mm. So depending on how I wanna do it, I can start doing my Kashira, lock myself, but I'm still able to play the voiceless stuff, mm. or you know. Starting the voiceless stuff, get you know, Nibiru or whatever. I'm like, okay, well now I have the whole entire Kashira line to do. So like the way I've been playing it is like going into um what's it called? Going into the Phantom uh Mecha Beast, summon yeah. two tokens, link them off, and try to go into SP. By then I, I could get Nibiru, which is fine, because like okay. And then um after that, birth to bring back Frenier, mm. And then I do the the voice of stuff. Or if I have the voiceless stuff first and I just I just like do that. So, um, give me a bottom line. What is it that Voiceless does overall? It has the potential to have two negates. Oh. So, one is an Omni negate mm-hmm. on a four thousand and hundred uh, attack beat stick. So, like, yeah, even if I negate you, have to beat over a four K beat stick, which is kind of hard sometimes. Jeez. And it's and it summons. Um, I forgot the name of the the. The ritual monster? It's a dragon. I forgot the first name, but it's like the Ascended and something. It's like a, it's like a dragon. It, it's a hand trap. Saravis? Yeah. Sar- Saravis. You can summon him. Saravis, t- yeah. yeah. So you can summon him too. And he's a summon negate. Oh, so yeah. You he, have,
0: yeah, he's a hand trap itself. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's a hand trap himself. But in this deck, it's easy to summon him. Oh. And his like, on-field effect is he can negate a special summon. So now you have an Omnigate and a Summon Gate, and then with uh-huh. my board I have SP and then Fenrir. So I have four four interruptions, and if I have Birth and that's a fifth one, to interrupt your your graveyard. Damn! I'll say it, it loses the draw, but so does Kashiro even without the voiceless stuff. Um, yeah, it's like every other deck that can lose to draw. Yeah, so I think it's pretty cool, and also like um, you you play the Odd Eyes Pendulum. Pendulum graph because it's a level. i sorry, yeah, level seven ritual. So he's like, who's a dragon? So he's some. You can summon him in the deck, but also you can put him in the pendulum zone. At the end phase, you take him back, and you get to search your ritual spell. Oh, so, so you have a follow up so, for next turn. So we're doing. So we're doing some pendulums and shenanigans now. Well, you're not. You're not pendulum summoning. There, I'm not pendulum summoning. He's only one pendulum card in the deck. But yeah, it's like his pendulum effect is just go add back to hand and then search the, the ritual spell. Right. So like you have follow up for next turn. That's crazy. Yeah. And then of course you play uh, Diviner. So you try to, you know, Freak do up. that do that line and all that stuff. Yeah. So so like it's it's, it's tricky because I, I can go like, OK, special something like Unicorn mm-hmm. and then normal something Diviner. And now they're like, OK, what like who do I ask? Who do I blah, 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 you know, because the diviner line is going to special summon from deck so then they can try to like ash that and then it's like, okay, now I have my cashier line to go down and you already use your ash.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now you just go cash combo at the at that point.
1: So it, it's like trying to play again. And again, if, if they have multiple hand traps, it's like I'm baiting out all your hand traps. Yeah. And it's like, so like, what do you have left? You know? <laughs> Damn.
0: So um, so hold on. So that means I, so voiceless and cashier, they
1: they have a good mix, Yeah. And the, depending on wh- how you're summoning the ritual,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, there's one that like you're locked into using light or or dark. Okay. So like you can't you can't use your cashier. But then there's I think when you use the spell itself, you can use your cashier because they're all level seven. Right. So there's times where like I'm doing this stuff and then I have, you know, uh, I have rise heart and I'm like, well, I don't really a rice heart is not a um what's it called interruption after you you know banish your opponents like three cards. Right. So I'll just like tribute it away for the ritual summon. So it's like it's like cool strategy that's like, okay, it's like there's level sevens and I can ritual summon them off. Or sorry, I use them to ritual summon. So yeah, so so they kind of mix pretty good. Damn, that's amazing.
0: Uh, uh, you find the the in the most interesting ways mid something, like that whole that you find the most in, in interesting tits and all of a sudden everybody in YouTube is like, "Oh yeah, this is a good tech." I was yeah. like, "Bro, <laughs> my boy, my boy heard it, it did it before you guys." What the fuck? And now everybody's gonna catch on That that number C sits card that nobody's ever heard.
1: I used that two weeks ago. I was playing um the guy that plays the going second decks
0: yeah the the
1: what is it the, the skull surfing branded branded no, no not him not him oh. he plays like kaiju interruption slumber and then he summoned I think last week he switched it up to Dinomorphia. oh so Javier yeah him so um he summoned like zombie vampire and it's like you know 3k beat stick that like can't be targeted blah 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 I went into C six no, I was like, yeah, I can just beat over your stuff, <laughs> yeah, because the the not like not being able to target it is annoying because you know with the cash Tira, yeah, like you can um you can use friend to get rid of it, defend your targets. So yeah, so C six, yeah, so um I'm not gonna do the heat soul combo line with, with the voiceless stuff. Cause do you, so you have feel, a lot
0: of like? Do you feel like it's a waste of time of doing the heat soul combo now? Like it's too I much think, too much for for little reward.
1: No, because when I, when I was able to pull it off, I did get, like, two hand traps. Like, I got a droll, and it's like, yeah, that's pretty good. And then I have follow-up for the next turn, too, in case, like, okay, I don't get hand traps. I might draw, like, another, you know, unicorn or something. In case they clear my board, it's like, okay, I got two cards that can hopefully, like, help me right do stuff. But for this case, like I, I don't think I need it with the voiceless stuff. I think the voiceless stuff is more, like, impactful. Okay. So basically yeah, so th- this meta we're changing our, our debts a little bit now but yeah but uh, <laughs> but um we didn't talk about the the pull rates for, um, for Maze. Our my luck was bad I pulled I bought two boxes with zero bonfires and zero transaction rollback.
0: I only bought one and I already knew it was a big mistake. it was a big disappointment but I did pull the card that the one card that I needed which was the harmonic synchro. What I didn't like is that I pulled all the earthbound cards from the bots that I needed, and I bought Travis first a single before I realized I could have gotten them easily. So I was just like, Well, okay. This is money well spent. Um, Matt pulled only one bonfire and then everyone else like pulled whatever. Uh I know last week this guy uh pulled rollback transaction and I remember Travis had, like, a whole playset of bonfires and whatnot. I don't know if he yeah. offloaded. I'm pretty sure he did. But, man, that's ridiculous. Now that bonfire is, like, back at 130, just like in pre-sale. All because of the, the new TCG exclusive, uh, the Ashen. All yeah. because of that exclusive. Which, when I saw the, the Ashen, like, I love the art design. The art design looks gorgeous. <laughs> it, it looked amazing. A lot of people were saying, uh, oh, it picked up a lot of reference from the Dark Souls. It was like, all right, cool. I mean, it picked a good reference, I guess. I mean, it's amazing. I I wouldn't mind picking up the deck just because of the artwork design. But shit, ever since it it got announced, Bonfire sped up, and I looked at the deck, it's like, I don't know if this deck is like any other better than any other TCG exclusives that have been released. Like, I don't know if this deck is like better than, uh, as equal or better than, you know, what Gold Pride can do or what the Goldie cards can do right now, you know, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I mean, there, there's always been a hit and miss with the TCG exclusives, you know. I wouldn't say that this one's a miss, but I, at the same time, I wouldn't call
1: it a hit. Now, would you agree or disagree? I think it's not a good deck. I think it's a good engine. I think, like, mm. you need to supplement it with, with a better deck. Because right. to me, like, the dragon is a hand trap, basically. Because you can disrupt your opponent's um, field spell. Um, and it's, like, it's supposed to be, like, an OTK. But, like, if they have interruptions, it's, like, you need another package to bait out. Or to, like, clear the board and stuff before you start doing the Ashen stuff to do the yeah. OTK. But I think by itself, it's, like, yeah, it's very, like, interruptible. It's kind of, it's got um, it,
0: a little, it felt a little bit overwhelmed. Because it was like, you're doing a lot for little reward, is what I feel, yeah. you know? And, I mean, it's cool that they have that effect that, you know, if you have the the field spell, you can special summon for free. So, it's free. It's standards for all around. Cool effect. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. But, again, each one, it's so unique. And I feel like the lines are still, nobody, like, knows how to work this out, you know? And, like you said. You know, the the dragon itself is it's it's a board breaker, but you know, for you to utilize a board breaker, you have to make sure that you know they that you bait out all their if their negates or their interruptions. Otherwise, you know, what's you're just giving them a free body at that point. Yeah. Yeah, so I just feel like it's 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 too much, you know. Like I guess we're gonna expect more in the next course in Legacy of Destruction. Yeah, probably, but like was it really worth like having Bonfire shoot to the moon because of it? So, so I was, so it's now bonfire for me is like, now it's a wasteless car. Like now I'm not even going to bother getting it. Now I'm not going to even bother getting any of the snake eyes. Well, I only got the one-offs of all the snake eyes, you know, because it's easy to get Then you know? And if you're planning to use a small engine uh, for snake eyes, all you need is those one-offs. You don't really need Wanted. Wanted is definitely helpful and bonfire as well. But if you can, you know, you can you can maneuver around it. You know, yeah, the consistency yeah. will decrease if you don't have uh, wanted or bonfire. But it's still one card starter engine. You know, that you just go off with. If you draw, if you draw ash, you, normal or special ash, you can go off without even having to use a wanted or bonfire. You know. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. This like I said, this corset that's coming out is like it's like all right, cool. It's not bad. It's not bad. And thank you, Konami, for giving us uh popular and and Promethean ultra rares instead of the usual, you know, secret rares for secret, the most, Yeah. yeah. Like, like it's good. Like it's gonna kill every secret, every single secret rare for sure. And I feel bad for you because you wanted to play voiceless and they made the lady. Uh, that's a free off, right? It's a pl- you mm-hmm. need to place it a, a secretware, and that's gonna be the most expensive car of the whole set.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you have any expectations coming over? Like any expectations on the sneak peek, and in or on the next week when it gets
1: released? I think I'm the opposite of you. I think I'm more pumped for this set and less of Legacy of Destruction. Really? Why is that? I, I just feel there's nothing in Legacy that like interests me. Really? Like, I'm not playing Cent- like I'm not playing Centurion. Mm-hmm. So like I don't have any be relevant about the new support um then the fire the fire dragon the, the fire dragons again something like I'm not like I, like
0: interested in. so it's like what about the um, Rika which is like the plant
1: insect what is it again plant insect reptile deck yeah I think I think it's interesting but again it's not like something I wouldn't play. Mm. I think like with this set it's like voices of really, me like got me interested okay and then since it has energy with um Tira... Like I'm more interested in that. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people go just for for Poplar and Prometheus Princess.
0: Yeah, those are like the most sought out cars of all. Everything else is just like, whatever. I do. I do want to say like, ooh, I, I I can't wait to pick up Ray Raptor, and I'm oh even, yeah, Ray Raptor. I am even considering picking up the Quarter Century Ray Raptor, the boss mon. Because that boss is like the new ultimate falcon, yeah, and it and it and it and it does more. So it's like, okay, I, I wouldn't mind having a copy of it. When once it drags its price to twenty dollars, yeah, absolutely, I'll pick it up. Because there's no way that a quarter century of that Ray Raptor car is gonna be more than fifty dollars. There's, there's no way, and I don't mm-hmm. see people like picking up or getting ready to pick up Ray Raptors. Like Ray Raptors is is a it's a Great deck, and now they made it much more better of a roguish category or even a tier three or something. But it just loses hard to draw. And once you lose to draw, like yeah, the deck, the deck is that dead, dead, basically. So is any other deck, of course. And you know, but the thing is about Ray raptors, it's all gas. That's that's their that's the way. I, I I always enjoy playing Raid raptors because it's fun, you know. But mm-hmm it's gas, um, hard loses draw or any hand traps, imprint ass. Like if you choke them at the right spots, like, you know, you finish them and it's very susceptible to nib that you nip, need to yeah. have. Yeah. You need to have something to return back of after you're getting nib. Otherwise. So I hardly doubt that I'll, that I'll see any of those cars and like any expenses, including the quarter surgery. um, the other cards that I did saw that I that I told you that I'm very interested in. Um, oh, yeah. The Earthbound Fusion, for sure. Because I want to play Earthbound Runets one more time with the new Earthbound Fusion before I decided like, all right, I'm going to go full Cashier again. Cashier Earthbound. I definitely want to play it on mm-hmm. that card because I know that the the Earthbound Fusion definitely has a couple of combo lines with it and it saves you from getting imperm or, or getting negated in, in certain ways, so it's like it's it, because it's a quick play, so it's pretty good, and it allows you to special summon uh, Earthbound from your graveyard from your hand. I totally forgot, but it, yeah, you, ba- you banish from the graveyard, special summon from hand or grave, and then you can go again with the combo line. So it's like,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, follow
0: up. Yeah, you got hey, follow up. Yeah, there you go. And and it, the cool thing is, like, it's a common. And the other common was Berserk Archfiend, which people are like, ah, whatever about it. But any player, any player who's an, who plays on chain, this is definitely a card that will help a little bit more on chain. Even though on chain is still good, just cut down the consistency with where they their limited to one. But Berserk Archfiend helps them a lot because it's a it's a dark theme level sets easily can be special summoned by by destroying one card in the field don't you think that's exactly what arch I mean Unchained needs yeah oh pop okay you you pop my monster anyways Unchained effect special oh Caesar so it's so it definitely does help the the consistency a lot more on the deck so but we'll see how everything goes other than that I don't I Really don't have any more other cards to search on. And if I pull a popular or Bremevin and say, Hey, Eve, hey, absolutely, even better. Um, the Goblin Bikers, which is now that's what they're called, Goblin Bikers the riders. Um, it looked it, it initially it looked very interesting, but now that it's gone closer, and I see some of the combo lines kind of overwhelm, and it and it really the end board doesn't do much. Like you will have uh, uh that you can easily pull out utopic future and some other interruptions and you can also pull the full armor Etsy black lancer I forgot what was the right tip yeah you remove that there's not that many that it can do and if you and if they stop you before you can go any further then you're like, oh well, there it goes so. That's that's basically my thoughts out of it. What do you think?
1: For for what? For the goblin? Yeah, I mean for, or?
0: Yeah, for the for the whole set. You say you're in very so you're just gonna go voiceless. You're you're yeah. you're gonna enjoy it, so you're looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, um I agree with you. I, I was surprised Poplar and Promethean are ultras. That was very yeah. shocking. Because if you asked me, I would have betted that they were gonna be secrets. Thought it was gonna be a secret this entire time.
0: The moment they yeah. they they pulled the reviews, like in the trailer, like the moment I saw the trailer, I went to and texted you right away. It's like, bro, these cars are ultra rare.
1: It's like, whoa. It only it only hurts me now <laughs> yeah, because now the voiceless. Yeah, because the voice, Because you don't care. Yeah.
0: You don't care about the snake guys. You just wanted the the yeah. voiceless.
1: Yeah, I, I stopped caring. Caring about fire kings, like once I did not pull a single bonfire, I was like, nah, I'm not. I can't invest anymore. (laughs) So you're gonna offload them? No. um,
0: Just keep it around for a while to see what's up.
1: Yeah, because like the only thing I guess that cost me was um, the Diablo Star package, and like that's still a good package to have. Yeah, I I was
0: an idiot by offloading all my wanted when I did. I didn't realize. Deal bells that was gonna be that big of a deal. Now I looked at it, I was <laughs> like, damn. I should have known. I should have known. But yeah, well, maybe it states about that. Um moving on for the next topic. Um, I mean, guys, let us know in the comments down below what are your thoughts for this new corset um Phantom Nightmare. What are your thoughts? Wh- which cards are you getting? Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you related to Yu-Gi-Oh! is that this little drama came about. Um, Have you heard of this uh, Yugi Tuber head-to-head battles? Is that the one that the guy plays with his wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not Crush Cart, but it's the Asian couple.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: you know the Asian couple then. Yes, yes. So, he made a a statement not too long ago, and it went an uproar throughout the entire Yu-Gi-Oh! community, and even... Certain uh, certain other tubers called them out for being delusional. He's and his statement was pretty clear. He was saying like, "Oh, if you look at it, Yu-Gi-Oh! is cheap." Go on, explain yourself. You know what, I mean? what?
1: Yeah. Y- in what context? Is,
0: yeah, a little a little bit of more context. So I took a deep dive on his video and it, and and not his video. I, it was um, it was a tweet that he posted. Like compared... Okay. That he would say, like, oh, compared to Pokemon and Magic and other card games, Yu-Gi-Oh! is fairly cheap because you know, you if you want to play the competitive, of course it's gonna be expensive. But if you really wanna to play have fun, it's gonna be cheap. So stop crying about and I'm like, huh? I play I play both competitively and casually, and that shit ain't cheap. It still's gonna set me a couple bucks. So I don't know what. Maybe he was high that day. Maybe, and that's or he. Maybe he decided to like. Let me just say something wild, so it can stir up to be trendy or something. But honestly, like that's that's a very backward statement that he did. You know, this is a very backwards mentality, especially now that he he's been unbanned from b- playing competitively. Now he can actually play competitively on any o- OTS stores and and UDS and YCS and regionals and whatnot. So for him to say like, oh yeah, it's it's very cheap. I'm like, easy for you to say. Someone that actually like gets sponsored from Konami from time to time and gets some of these products and then yeah. all of a sudden pull out of their fucking ass the Starlight Rares that can cover the entire... Case and whatnot, yeah, okay, sure. It's it's definitely cheap, and the decks that he plays, like, come on, like every deck that you play, it's it's gonna be worth more than three hundred dollars, especially if you're playing a competitive deck and you're playing like competitively, whether it's locally or regionally or YCS level. It's it's a fucking you're you're spending three hundred dollars. This is not not included like hand traps and whatnot because most of the time. You can compensate the hand traps because you know you you buy a certain hand traps to say you you have free uh, play set of ash and imprints. You can easily get those ash and imperns onto the next deck that you want to play. If you don't want, if you mm-hmm. don't have more than one copy, you can just like, boop, there you go. So you're not counting the hand traps because that's so like a deck alone can cost you more than three hundred dollars on on Yu-Gi-Oh. And then sometimes that deck alone dies. Between core set releases, new archetypes, and ban lists, and knowing knowing as a competitive player, if you don't if you don't know when the ban list is gone and you don't make those good predictions and don't make the right moves to offload the the cards that you do purchase, you basically are on the on the negative. Congratulations,
1: because then yourself.
0: you spend three hundred, ban list comes out. That three hundred comes worthless, and then you have to spend another three hundred to get the new stuff, so you can play again competitively, and then becomes a a cycle, uh, a never ending cycle over and over. So for him to say Yu-Gi-Oh is cheap, it's kind of
1: backwards. But that's my my thought. What are your thoughts on in this? I'm just reading his tweet now. So he said Yu-Gi-Oh is cheap. Competitive Yu-Gi-Oh is not mixing. Sorry, stop mixing these two. Any hobby, if you want to compete at a higher Level has a cost, Yu Gi Oh! is cheap, so I kind of understand what he's saying. Like, if you want to play like a blue eyes deck, like you can, you, they're all commons, you know. So, I think blue eyes is not a competitive deck, so I can see what he's trying to say. But the message is like, just, but it's like it's not fun if you're losing, you yeah. <laughs> so, like, why? So, I go yeah. On. So, if he's saying that, like, hey, like if you really want to play Yu Gi Oh!, you can buy it like a cheap deck and play with your friends. And tell him not to play meta, then like I can kind of understand what he's trying to imply, but it was it's just like the way he phrased it is like very weird, you know. Like like Yu-Gi-Oh is expensive, like it's not
0: it's, <laughs> it's not mo- it's not like One Piece that you can actually buy a starter deck for 30 bucks, and you can use that starter deck to play others and not lose all the time. You can actually have some wins. In Yu-Gi-Oh, however, you need to spend 30 bucks for for three starter decks so you can have a play set you're still going to have a hard time playing, even at, even at locally. Even at locally. Hmm. Let's just say that everybody, the locals, are playing a rogue deck. And let's just say that you you, you bought free st- structure that's of, let's say, the best. Okay, let's just say Fire King. Fire King is, is, is good, and you just bought the free structure debts of 30 bucks, and you're playing, it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I got this. But then here comes some of the interruptions and here comes some of the places and here are some of the board breakers. And you're like, Dan, I wish I had an ash or Dan, I wish I had this. Now you had to spend an extra five bucks for that one ash or or Mm -hmm. place it. Fifteen bucks and imprints are probably like two or three dollars. All right. I got to spend more money on that. So now your 30 bucks are now turning to 50 bucks. Ooh, a call by the grave sounds good. Yeah, I might actually need that. All right, let me play. Ah, I still lose. I still need a little bit more. So what am I getting? What What am I getting? Ooh, I heard a small snake eye package works. All right, so now I had to invest another 30 for the small snake eyes. Ooh, Diabellistar star works. Okay, now I had to spend another 40. So now we're down to 100. Yeah. So yeah, it's easy to say that as a hobby. It's only fun to play and whatnot, but you're still spending the, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And let's and let's not forget, like I said before, for every core sets, new deck building sets, reprint sets, and ban lists, some of these decks die out. Right now, Fire King is the hot shit. But I guarantee you, by the end of the day, you can mark this on, my, on this episode, I can guarantee you, by the end of the year, Fire Kings will probably die out and it wouldn't be as competitive as it is right now. Mark my words, it will happen, because I've seen it happening with Sword Soul, and I love that deck. I saw it happening with Sprites. Fuck, we, we could go even further. We saw it with Tier Elements. They, they had to kill Tears yeah. three fucking times for it to it peacefully die, and it's still going competitively. But every mm-hmm. other deck, we still see it, and it's not as competitive as it once was. Oh, so, if you want it, so it's like, damn, I love Swordsword Sword so much, but I still lose because they numb all my lines. Oh, but if this deck looks interesting, I might actually invest on it. So, whatever you already invest on Sword, Sword now you have to double the investment on the next step because you want to play. And that goes on. So, that's my stand. Like, you can't say Yu Gi Oh! is cheap because, yes, saying that Yu Gi Oh! is cheap if you're playing comp- like locally or casually sure but eventually like you said you get tired of losing like how long do you how long are you gonna say all right i'm kind of done with losing all the time even with this deck i i got tired of losing with centurion and i had to retire the deck until i i started to enjoy myself again playing on another different deck but it happens but even so i i offload all my cards and even though the earthbound cards are cheap and it's very cheap like you can get an entire earthbound set, a core set, with runic cards, all under fifth, and you can have fun. But eventually, I'd need to get a certain other cards. Like if it, if I didn't have the barons or or the other chaos angels or a, any other fusions that I need for it, like I'll still have to spend the money for it. You know. So I mean, that's my take. You
1: are you understand what he was going through? Yeah. But but like he said it, he said it kind of arrogant, you know. Yeah. That that's my issue too. It's like he didn't say that like, hey, like you like you can play it cheap if you do, you know, like schoolyard Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever. He was just like, you know, (laughs) very arrogant about it. And it's it's coming and it's funny coming from him for somebody who's been sponsored by Konami
0: before multiple times. Yeah. Like don't tell me like, oh like yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! is cheap when you got the entire company sponsoring you and giving you free booster packs. And, <laughs> wow, what a coincidence in this bots. You pulled one of the chase cards. You pulled one of the starlights. One of the quarter searches. Wow, damn. Yo, of course fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! is cheap because he's not paying for shit. So the live... Yeah, I agree. And, I, and, and I'm and i glad that a lot of people in the community had something to say. And, and there were a lot of people that were criticizing him. Because I don't know if the wife wife was part of it, but they were definitely directing on him, and they were very respectful on the criticisms of it. He's like, "Hey, he's my homie," but I have to let the whole public know I disagree with that statement and the way. And it's like you said, the way that he said it was kind of arrogant. But yeah,
1: that's that's just like the recent Yu Gi Oh drama. I I didn't even know that. I I didn't. Well, like to be fair, I don't really follow a lot of Yu Gi tubers. Mm. Like, I follow um, Yasin, if you know who he is. Oh, of course. Yasin, yeah, shout Yasin out to Yasin and Team Samurai. And Simo. Simo's the home. Shout like, out to Simo. Like, I just follow those three, to be honest. The rest, like, if I need, like, news, I just look at Reddit or, like, Twitter and see what people are posting. But, yeah, I, I, I heard of him, like, head-to-head when he, was, when he got banned originally. Because, mm-hmm. like, he was trying to, like, he was, like, kind of crying, saying that, like, it's not fair he got banned for drinking. It's like Konami is very like kid friendly. It made like to me it made sense that he got banned. I was like, yeah, like you, like even if you like were doing it like out of stream or whatever, like like you like you did something Konami doesn't like. It yeah, is very exactly. obvious Konami wouldn't like, yeah. He was trying to say, like, oh, I was in pain and blah said, like, well, you then you didn't have to go to the tournament because it was a remote tournament. It wasn't like he it was like a YCS he flew out to or anything. It was remote. So right. like you chose to do that. I didn't know he got unbanned. I thought his ban was till like twenty twenty four. Yeah, I think he got him. Um, well, I mean, it is twenty twenty four, so I
0: think he, he recently got unbanned. Oh, okay, yeah. So, may or maybe I'm or maybe he is. Um, somebody can correct me down below on the comment section. Um, maybe he is still uh, banned. I don't know. I've, I I could have sworn I've seen him a couple times playing on a on a local stores and a couple OTS stores and whatnot because. Yeah, when you're banned from Konami, you're not allowed to play on any OTS store that's sponsored by Konami. Like it could be another local store that's not necessarily being backed up by Konami. Sure, but if it's an Mm -hmm. official OTS store, you're not allowed to. That's how I know how the banning works. Cause that's what happened with um with this guy, Mm -hmm. um, and Andres Torres when he got banned. He couldn't play like in cool stuff, or he uh, uh he couldn't play in cool stuff playing Yu Gi Oh. He could play another other cards like Magic and Digimon and others, but he could not yeah. go to cool stuff to play um, Yu-Gi-Oh. He he can go on you know where or another place that it's like officially OTS like Prodigy. He couldn't go to Prodigy, but that's how I know and that's how what what the people were telling me. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's still banned or he's unbanned. I mean, 2024, I guess. But now that now that you're mentioning. I kind of look at this as as his way of sucking up to Konami, in a way, or kissing his <laughs> yeah. ass. Because now you, now you now oh. can think, if you can think about it, oh, I just recently got, and I'm going to kiss their ass as much as possible so they can continue to sponsor me and, and be good to them and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I'm a changed man. But, you know, when you say stuff like that, it's like, mm.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, you got the sponsorship, but then people don't want to watch you. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm looking at his ex or Twitter, I don't want to call it. It says May of they extended it to May of 2024. They they extended it to May.
0: Oh, so he's still banned.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. There you go. Oh, well, well now he's sucking. He's sucking up to Konami, or, or so that way he gets on trend or whatnot. So he, he, he could get him banned or be on Konami's good side. I don't know. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm never gonna be on Konami's side. And it's not. And it's not. And it's not related to just Yu Gi Oh, guys. I have a. A love a hate relationship with Konami. Mostly hate because the the way how they treated Kojima Productions and, and Hideo Kojima overall. Like, they, they did him dirty and kicked him off of the metal of the company. It was just a shit show. So, like, I always had a love a hate relationship with Konami. So, it's not just Yu-Gi-Oh, guys. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it was kind of a, a dumb, dumb thing to say, honestly. In my opinion, it was kind of dumb for him to say something like that. Like, you didn't... And you don't... And why would you say that um, on public where everybody can follow you and see you and saying these stuff? Like,
1: this is kind of an unnecessary. Yeah, I'm reading his replies, or sorry, their replies. I don't know who's the accountant. It's like, you can play Yu Gi Oh for five bucks. I never said you had a win. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bro, (laughs) bro, come
0: (laughs) on. You're not making me any better.
1: Again, that's what I thought he was saying, and I guess it literally was. Which is, yeah. So, what do we learn, ladies and gentlemen? Arrogance,
0: arrogance yeah. is no bueno. This is what happens to people who are arrogant, and until somebody like picks them down and 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 level them up, they're gonna continue with this, you know, this backwards mentality. And it's funny. For him to say su- stuff like that because he's banned, I, I feel like he could have said the quite the opposite and say like, nah, fuck this. No, Yu-Gi-Oh, it's definitely expensive.
1: Yeah, okay. So someone uh, on the thread posted, mm-hmm. like, you don't need SP Little Knight to play Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Blah, blah, blah. So then they replied, it's time for people to draw a conclusion that do they like Yu-Gi-Oh or do they like winning at Yu-Gi-Oh because those are 100% different things. Like... <laughs> So he's saying you can play for five bucks but lose all the time. Like, So, where's okay. the fun in
0: losing all the time? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because a hobby is supposed to have fun, you know? And like, that's kind of like a double games. negative of what he's saying. Yeah.
0: Congratulations. Like, you played yourself. For, yeah. and yes. I understand the concept of having fun as a hobby. For, a, yeah. But the key component of, of a hobby is that you have to have fun at the end of the day, right? Mm hmm. One thing is like I damn I lost, but you know what? I have fun. Another thing is like damn, I'm be losing for ten weeks straight. I don't know. I, I'm not having fun. I need to win at one point. At one point, yeah, your brain is gonna be like, bro, let's just get something, get better at it, and and win because it's no fun just losing all the time. People get tired of it, so it's kind of uh, that's I don't that's backwards, man. That's
1: uh, and then going at it, of people are saying. That that dumb shit. Like they're replying to every single comment, basically, which is crazy. <laughs> they're trying to every, defend their take. Every single comment, basically. Yeah. Congratulations, you played yourself. Yeah.
0: Even even what about the bi- the big guys, like the big YouTubers, like uh MBT or distant coder or Farfa or or
1: Capital G? Have they tweeted out? I know yeah, Capital. So, so- uh huh. This encoder replied to them directly. It was cheap or expensive is relative to one's personal situation. So different people can view different price points as either. Let's instead draw something comparable. Playing Yu-Gi-Oh! is in the TCG is expensive rel- r- relative to the OCG, a near one to one comparison. Why can't it be cheap here too? Question mark. And then they replied because we have vendors, hyper competitive players. Stores that need to recoup expensive expenses and other factors that deem that our secondhand market be the way that it is. If Konami printed Bonfire at its height of popularity in a common, people would still complain in in X in uh, it's X amount. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really. Yeah, I don't know. They're they, yeah, their I don't think anyone calling them out. Yeah, I guess
0: yeah, he may have a fair
1: point. But I guess,
0: like, the art, the, the, what I will counter on that statement is that in the OCG, they, they believe, they believe that in the OCG, people still don't chase the uh, highest rarity. I have, I have a Korean friend of mine. She plays in the OCG in in South Korea. Sure. Whichever meta deck that she gets, she'll definitely get it in a few uh, boxes and she'll get the, the deck. Um, like under, uh, let's just say layman's terms. Ah, uh, under instead of spending six hundred dollars, she only spent less than a hundred, and she got the entire deck that she needs to play and whatnot. Because most of the cards, the, the chase cards, are in the common and or low rarity and whatnot. But she tells me like, oh no, I definitely want to get the highest rarity. Like I want a yeah. match rarity, and that's like a couple hundred bucks and stuff like that. My counter is like, yeah, don't. Believe that just because in the OCG is much more affordable and easy access doesn't mean that a lot of um, players don't want to get the match rarity. There's a lot of collectors that they want uh, the match rarity of it. Like who who doesn't like who doesn't want to have a match rarity bonfire instead of a common? Yeah. Like not yeah, common fine for for a person like me and another casual player. I can play it bonfire or common. Eh, that's fine. I, I I fucking play it, but others. And I know I, I talked about this with my cousin uh, on the previous episode. Others, they want the collectors and competitive players, they want to have everything matched ready. So they're definitely gonna follow the chase cards no matter what and mm-hmm. buy the hundreds something dollars for it. So yeah. regardless, but but,
1: but then they, but then they can't complain that the game is expensive. No, I, I like, agree. The game yeah. can be
0: expensive at that point. Yeah, uh, they can't complain about it. And sure, in in those retrospects. OCG is definitely is definitely cheaper. A lot of players are still going to want to have the match How many times have we heard about this guy Pack? Pack plays his entire deck. If he has the ability to play his entire deck on Starlights, he will play them. Like yeah. that's crazy. Megaflits, however, but bro, if I pull a quarter century or a Starlight or whatever the fuck I got, I wouldn't play on, a, on my deck. I wouldn't put it to be a competitor. Like I don't trust people enough. It only takes one bad uh, bad player to bend over your card and then now your card is worthless. But they all want to have the mats ready. They just wanna they and they that's how you spend twelve hundred dollars on it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it's a back and forth. I mean, what are your thoughts before we close this out?
1: Yeah, they're they're delusional. Like after reading their, their replies, they're very admin of just like trying to say <laughs> it's a cheap game when it's not like it's not like I, I don't and then like the fact that they're fighting tooth and nail to defend their that's, point on Twitter.
0: Yeah, that's another thing. Like I can't believe you're wasting your time um going out of the comment section and and arguing with everybody. Like if somebody disagrees with me. I'll explain it over on the episode, and that's it. I'm not going to go on the comment session and go back and forth because that's uh, nobody loses. Uh, I mean, nobody wins in that in that, that conversation because they have a certain mindset, and you have yours, and what we're doing is trying to convince each other. And when it, ha- when it happens, it becomes an endless loop. Nobody's going to end up convincing each other because everybody believes that. Our perspective is the right way. Yeah. It's a waste of time at that point. That's why, that's why I I haven't had an argument with somebody like over a year ago over on social media. And I after that, I was like, bro, what a waste of fucking time. I can just talk about this over on on my podcast and and move on to the next topic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a waste of time. It's not worth your energy. And yeah, like (laughs) it's just it, it's kind of weird for him for him or or maybe it's her i don't know who handles their social media. maybe they both aren't in on it and they're both going back and yeah. forth but I, whether it's one or both you guys are completely delusional and yeah i we, i i disagree with with your with your statement um if, if, if you if what you say is true that you go is cheap talk that talk go ahead and buy a structure deck Mm-hmm. you know that five dollar structure deck like you say only spend five dollars go play competitively and then see how it goes and then see how it goes how you feel about it but talk that talk don't give me that crap talk that talk that's my that's my that's my stunt let us know yeah. in the comments down below what you guys think about it um do you agree that he's being a little bit delusional about it if you're not let us know. Uh, moving on, before we wrap this up with the TCG topic and move on to other topics, uh, one. this is something that was brought to my attention right away by my cousin, Tanium Miguel, shout out to him. Um, One Piece, it seems like the rumor mill is spinning, and people are saying that Bandai is actually going to release a
1: reprint set. Thoughts? I'm. I i do not know much about One Piece TCG. Um, are they reprinting like the mana panels and stuff like that, or is it just like these are cards that people want that were like commons or supers, and we're just reprinting them? I guess that's uh, that that one. Like these are like people who are looking
0: up for these chase cards, that the expensive cards that people are trying to get and whatnot. Looks like they're reprinted. That's what they're what they're saying. Um, based um he said that it's based on this Reddit post than the uh, the official One Piece TCG Reddit Post. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's said it said that Bandai has promised One Piece reprints. So this was this was official by saying that Bandai say, like, yeah, we're gonna we're promised the community there's gonna be reprints. So they're probably gonna reprint some of the some of the cards from the core sets and and truck to this. I guess like the most chase-out cards like like Yu-Gi-Oh does. All I got to say is I fucking knew this. How many times have we talked about One Piece of being way 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 too expensive and like people like I get it's the hottest thing right now but it's like if you look at it just like Yu-Gi-Oh it is expensive to play especially if you want to play very competitively it's expensive like you have to drop and people are like dropping racks racks just to yeah. get boxes just to get boxes just to get the alternative our uh, manga art one not you know and i said this very before eventually they're going to need a reprint set so they can crash that market value mm-hmm. it seems like it's it's going to happen i don't know if it's happening by the end of the year i don't know if it's happening by next year I doubt it, it's going to be that far off. If Bandai uh, has already been saying that, yeah, we're promising for a uh, reprint, then probably we're looking at like halfway for the year or so. You know, I don't think like anything later than next year. It's way too, too, too far. So, you know, I guess all I got to say is like, hi, I told you everybody. The Emotional fuck people damage. arguing me with the whole One Piece thing. And I was like, the valley is going to crash. The valley is going to crash. No, it's an investment. It's gonna keep growing, growing, growing. It's like, yeah, it's gonna keep growing until a sent comes out and kills the value. Now, those forty dollar, uh, forty dollar worth of a common card is gonna be a five dollars. Yeah, but when I talk, I'm I'm this crazy cuckoo guy with a tinfoil hat. You know, <laughs> I don't know what to say, but I'm I just want to put it out there, just to let you know that this was yeah. something that people t- that my cousin just told me.
1: Yeah. You called it so <laughs> you I had a flaunt that you did. Yeah. I hate when I'm right.
0: Let us know in the comments down below about my little rent with One Piece and me telling everybody and all the haters and the spectacles and whatnot, and saying, like, hi, I told you so, guys. Anyways, maybe maybe Matt will say something about me about this. I don't know. <laughs> Love you, Matt. Thank you for listening, <laughs> man. Shout out to you, bro. Next topic. This is actually, this is this is actually pretty Interesting because I didn't pay much attention until until everybody was crying about it. Um Pal World, the new shooting RPG game. Everybody seems to love it playing the game. I haven't got my peak interest because I don't play much um Steam games or not. But I guess like the biggest criticism that's been receiving or the biggest backlash is that all the monster designs. Look too 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 close to some of the Pokemon designs. Like way yeah. too close. And it has and has stirred up our huge controversy. Like the Pokemon company is now stepping in and seeing and investigating this. But it has been a back and forth because when I look at some of these designs, I'm like, oh my God, that yeah, I that one looks like Lucario. And through it's like it's like the kid that says like hey can I copy your homework yeah just make sure it, it looks like you did it it's like all right cool <laughs> that's how it looks like to me to me <laughs> like you copy it it's the same but it you looks kind of different but the same same difference and I and I see the other side of, of the community um att- defending Palworld, world or not more or less defending Palworld, but more attacking Pokemon on their hypocrisy because Pokemon has also a reputation of copying other people's other anime designs. I heard from, oh, let's talk about copy and paste. All right, what about the Dragon Quest monsters? Let's talk about uh, this and that and whatnot. And I'm like, damn, this has stirred up a huge controversy. I'm not going to go ahead and... design that much. I'm not gonna focus and uh, focus more on all the times that Pokemon have ripped people off. I'm looking at it more as the all the times that pe- other companies rip Pokemon designs. Like obviously Digimon is one of them. Digimon was everybody was like saying like, oh, this is uh, another rip off of Pokemon. I kind I kind of see it, but the the thing about Digimon, their designs are much more different. And then not, not a lot of the Digimon designs look the same as the Pokemon, which I kind of appreciate that. And, as, and of course, mm-hmm. the storyline and the, and the whole evolution thing is two different things. But I can see why people make those comparisons. Uh, you show me other things as well. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can see that as well. I was, other people, you know, ripping off Pokemon whatnot. But I, I, I feel like the other stuff that I've seen people saying, oh, I... It got ripped up from Pokemon. I can tell that they put a little bit more emphasis or more to the word of the creative side to make sure, like, yeah, it didn't came from Pokemon or make sure, like, oh yeah, I, I don't I what what is this Pokemon look? Oh, it looks like that bugger. Oh, I didn't, until you didn't tell me, I didn't know. It looked it looked good. But in power world, however, based on the signs that I'm seeing and the people and the comparison. Like even before the designs, I, like I saw one designer. It's like the that looks exactly like the Mega Evolution of Mewtwo. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. that's kind of wild. That's kind of crazy. There's one that it looks like the Galarian Meowth. Like it's just its face, and yeah, I'm just like, bro, bro, with the eyes. Yeah, I'm like, this is such a ripoff, bro. There was like, some- there's a difference. There's a difference between like paying homage to something and then just copy and pasting something. Exactly.
0: Exactly, like it, like it's something I tell this. Um, even in the music industry, it, it's similarly the same. There's no such thing as like, oh, I created this. No, because it, it came the idea came from another artist. So you're technically copying the uh, the artist's idea, and you're just implementing your flavor into it. And this mm-hmm. has been known for long, as long as long as time. I feel like it's no different. Like it, it's a fair game. Everybody like. If I get a design from Pokemon that I really like, and then I'm, I just put my flavor into it and destroy the and destroy it, so that way it doesn't, you know, look like it came from Pokemon, but it looks like like it was a new design. I respect that, but when you're just like flat out copy paste and just just change the color and the design, it's like like what are we doing? We're like wh- what are we yeah. doing here? You know. <laughs> Like again, I saw I saw a couple of ones that I saw immediately. I knew I saw one that looked like superior, like the final evolution of Sneevy, one of the Gem Starter Pokemons. I was like, mm-hmm. dog, it's that is that Pokemon just on a different color. Another one was the yeah. Gigatomats Eevee. Yeah. We can go on and on. There's just so many of them. I was like, bro, this is like a clear indication of copy and paste. There there has been some copy and paste. Like, you can tell that you were influenced. Sure, your your gameplay is different. Like, it's not the same as a shooter game or whatnot. Sure, you can label that, but you also can't deny that it came, that the idea didn't came from a couple Pokemon designs. Like, even, even when you're doing the 3D designs out of it, like, you need to have a skeleton out of it. You can't tell me. It's like, oh, yeah, I made this by my own. On my own, you know, when you're when you're doing it on the game designing, and it somehow it just looked identical, like in in the in the movements that it looks identical to one of the Pokemon's. Like, come on, you need to have a skeleton for that. Like, there, you can't just like reimage that because if you reimage that, bro, the, the amount of hours and days for you to do that, it's just like it's time consuming. To me, this is a clear case
1: of copy paste. But what are your thoughts and behind all this? Um, like I agree with you. Like <laughs> a lot of the things were copy and paste. Cause then when I saw the initial like artwork yeah. of some of the monsters, I was like, yo, this is <laughs> this is <laughs> glaring me out. This is <laughs> like, you know, Gigantamax Eevee. This looks like Lucario, yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. Like I feel like some of it was copy and paste. So yeah, I wonder what what Game Freak and Nintendo are gonna do about it. Oh, Game
0: Freak, a uh, Game Freak and Nintendo, they're gonna do a cease and desist for sure. I mean, they're already yeah. under investigation. Nintendo is, is so well known on suing suing companies if they believe that you're copyrighting, they believe that you copy paste. Nintendo's well known on doing this, and obviously because this is one of their babies, you can one hundred percent guarantee that they're gonna protect it and they're gonna go full extent out of it. It, it was kind of a, a dumb move to do that. Didn't make headlines? Yeah, but at what cost, bro? Like, you're going to get sued. You're going to be out millions and whatnot. Like, I don't think that's going to be enough for you to even recover some of the stuff that you potentially earn from from putting the game out there. Like, that that's kind of shitty. I don't know. That that's, yeah. that's that's the controversy that's happening, you know? Anything you want to
1: add on? Yeah, I Nintendo's like one of the worst companies you want to like... Copyright infringe, like it, it was just dumb for them to do Nintendo. If it, it did the Digimon, I can see Digimon not suing them or whatever. But it's like Nintendo is so notorious for protecting their IP, and they went after and they, and they just went and copied, you know, Pokemon. Especially when like, a lot of people are saying that the gameplay is really good, so it's like they didn't even need to copy Pokemon. Like, no, they had they good didn't. gameplay that that was talking for itself, and then they just like kind of ruined it by. Copyright infringement on, on the actual monsters, and I I would have I would have participated on that,
0: but I just not into into playing video games on 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 computer. Like I prefer console overall, and but maybe I would have picked it up until they were. I was told and I was seeing that it's like dog. This is a clear copy base, and and like you said, Nintendo, like Nintendo will will copyright infringed YouTubers talking about their games, giving them positive, positive notes about them, about their games. It's like, oh, I can't wait to play this Zelda game. I can't wait to play this Mario game. I can't wait to play this Pokemon game. And Nintendo will still copyright infringement yeah. them because they're talking about the game or they show some of their images and whatnot and they want a cut of it. Bro, Nintendo will do everything in their power. Everything in their power. Just so they, just to shut you down and show you, like, who who has the power in all this. Like, it's kind of wild that they will, like, they will block and copyright um, YouTubers for talking about their games. Like, if anything, that's free exposure. I got some Mm -hmm. kid talking about this game and everybody's going to buy it. Yeah. Free exposure. You know, I had to pay anything. But no, Nintendo doesn't give a shit. And like you said, they're (laughs) very, very protective of their crap. Um, let us know in the comments down below what you think about it do you think it was definitely a ripoff of Pokemon or do you think otherwise let us know I'm very curious what the people had to say um moving on uh in in the gaming hemisphere um twitch uh, Our good good Lord twitch so something I wanted to tell you because I saw this on a post um twitch uh CEO Reveal made a made up comment and said that the best way to grow on Twitch is collaboration with other streamers. Wow. I guess so. Me growing by myself is not enough. No, I had to collaborate with others. What if I don't want to collaborate with others? Whatever. Yeah, like what if what if I don't like engaging with other people? Like, what if I don't like other people? What if I don't have anybody to collaborate with? Like, oh, I gotta do stuff that they like so I can be part of, that, so they can give me a shout yeah. out.
1: Gee, or, or like vice versa like if i have it made why would i want to help you because technically you're a competitor exactly because like if i if i'm streaming and i add you and then people are like yo i like rafa more than mike let me go follow rafa and i'll follow mike it's like that like ah <laughs> uh, yes
0: leeching off from others you know yeah best best way to grow on a platform wow That's why I feel like this guy, this CEO of Twitch is like so delusional and he's so old that I think that his brain is farting. Like because (laughs) saying some of these wild things is kind of like kind of backwards in a a way, you know. But I don't know. Bezos put him. I don't know how Twitch is going to last. And now after this, I don't know how Twitch really is going to last now because uh, just recently I saw this on Twitch. Pokimane streamer, it seems like she's hinting like she's parting ways with Twitch. I mean, she's a millionaire. It doesn't really matter at this point. She already got business and investments and all this. Even though some of her investments are kind of like shitty and stupid. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I don't know what else can she do other than stream, but it seems like She's like she's moving away because she posted saying, like, the end of an era. Twitch has been my home for a decade. But it's time to say thank you for all the memories and love during my league, Fortnite, and Among Us days. And she's and she's like considered Twitch's baby, you know, the the face of Twitch because boy, is she be she being so many controversial topics and so many backlash and and many, many times that people call her out on her shit and Twitch always defending her, like protecting yeah. her in a sense. Now saying that she's leaving Twitch, this might be the the beginning of the end of Twitch. Maybe I'm being a little bit wishful thinking of that part. Maybe that I'm grasping this rouse. Well but this is one of their biggest earners. So if their biggest earner is leaving Twitch, what is there to say that everybody else will leave as well and follow her trend? I mean, not everyone else is a millionaire.
1: You have to get to that position before you can just say, "I'm done doing streaming," unless unless you want to go back to a you know normal job and whatever, which is fine. Like, which is fine. Um, but you know. Yeah, but like, yeah, I I don't think Pokemon is gonna go and be a waitress or you know or work a corporate no. office job. I think she's just <laughs> she settled for life, like you kind of said. No, she's she good. She she good good, but. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. It does,
0: she it there doesn't say like she's she's gonna sign a contract with Kick or any or YouTube or any of that stuff. We don't know. We don't know. May, or she's just done with streaming overall. But it's interesting that you say like you know what else is she gonna do if she doesn't have all those other business ventures? Like what else could she do? What is she good for? that like she was it was business wise. I just don't see her doing anything else, and I don't know what can she do business. Because the business aspect is it was easy for me to say. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a Twitch streamer. I have a million a million or two followers, and I stream like hundreds of thousands of views every day. Something that's something that I can bring to the table. What can you What can you bring me? What's part of the share? What can I have? You know. And now it's like, oh, yeah, I used to be a Twitch streamer right not? And we're like, okay, and I got followers. She's like, we got followers. What do you want to do? What are you going to be a producer? What are you going to do? What's your value? What, I don't know. As a business aspect, I just don't see what else can she do. And maybe, and maybe she, like I said, maybe it's just that she's done with Twitch and she's going to stream on another platform or she's just done with streaming overall. We don't know. We just know that Twitch is now losing momentum. Rapidly,
1: I think I think you had to treat her like she's like a celebrity,
0: you know. I mean, are are we are we at that point now that we're tw- treating Twitch
1: streamers celebrities? Are Not we all streamers. Point? Like, don't forget, they had Ninja on the New Year's countdown that one year, you know. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, Ninja. I didn't know. Maybe that. like five years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. I he know. was part of like the, the 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 when he's at New York and they're doing the the countdown mm-hmm. for New Year's like. He was like part of that and then people were making fun of him because he said that he looked super awkward doing it. I guess I'm again, like I feel like some of these streamers,
0: I guess their their personality um on camera is so different on um, their real life personality. I could be real with you on and off the camera and that's my and that's how I am. I'm the same person that brings you the same energy on camera as much as I do off the camera. But some of these streamers, I don't think the same way. I think they have to put a persona. Mm-hmm. And when they're off the camera, they're a completely different story. Like I can see some of these guys that they're so animated, energetic, and fun. And like, oh my God, this is a cool guy to have fun. Like if I see him, I want to treat him on a beer. But then when you still see him, He's, like, in the, in the library reading a book some, or in the park reading a book, some shit like that, you know? So I don't see, like, these guys. So I can see why you say, like, Ninja felt, like, very awkward because I'm pretty sure he wasn't. He was pretty nervous because one thing is streaming millions of people on on, on stream playing video games. And often is announcing something on a countdown where you can see when you have the... The entire world watching you, and as well, you're limited to some of the things that you're you're allowed to say mm-hmm. on live broadcast. Then you aren't limited on stream. It's two different yeah. animals. Plus,
1: like like when you stream, it's like you're in the comfort and safety of your home versus right. like when you're in public, you're in public. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. It,
0: it, it's 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 what they call stage fright. Yeah, it's the same thing. I rem I remember. I remember when I used to DJ in, in these festivals and these in these events and clubs and whatnot. Like I felt like I was a superstar and whatnot, right? And so, and you and people will look at my energy and they will assume like, "Holy fuck, this guy must be high as a motherfucker," or "This guy's on drugs because all that energy," or "Holy, and, in a good way," um, or yeah. "This guy is uh, drunk because look at all this, this and that, all this wild crazy that nobody will think otherwise." People don't realize, like, yeah, I don't drink. <laughs>
1: Hold up, <laughs> That energy is
0: all me. Some ain't right. It's all you. That's all me. So once, once I'm out of the, once I'm done DJing, I just walk out of the club. It's like, all right, bye. I'm gonna. It's like, hey, where you going? We're gonna after party. I'm going home. Actually, <laughs> later. Yeah. When people they see me. It's like, bro, like, what word you want? It's like, <laughs> <"No!"> <laughs> life. Whatever? life i don't know it's just, i don't i don't i don't drink or, or do anything like uh, that's just me who i am you know so that's how i feel like all these streamers are they put on an image a persona that this is how they are because they feel like this is where mm-hmm. they're most comfortable and when you take that person out of the equation and do like all right i want you to do the same thing a year but here yeah i can see how you get stage fright out of it but yeah, I just I just want to say that you know Twitch is falling little by little, and it's and it's one after another. So we'll see how far it goes. Let us know in the comments down below what you guys think about Twitch overall and and its you know Pokemon's look, recent departure. It's it's about to happen. Um, moving on, Microsoft laying off. Almost 2,000 employees from after the merger of My Activision, Blizzard, and Met- Headspots. What are your thoughts?
1: Crazy. Um, but not, not surprising because a lot of tech companies are having layoffs. So it's not just uh, like I know you're, we're looking at it from like a gaming perspective, but it's more of like a big tech perspective. A lot of uh, companies are, are laying. That a lot I, of tech companies are laying people
0: off. So yeah, that, I was not that shocked I, that
1: Microsoft was next.
0: That I heard. I know that Disney is also laying off a lot of tech companies as well. You know that that I've mm-hmm. heard that it's been happening for quite some time. But I guess like my biggest criticism, like yeah, sure, I did saw this coming because Microsoft has this. You know, for every time they do a merger, they start laying off people was it really smart for them to do the merger like if you if the merger would have never happened will all those people still have their jobs maybe maybe not we don't we don't know <laughs> big f but i guess like it's it's just it just continues to put more of a bad image to Microsoft and makes me like not want to trust them any more, any further when it comes to you know merging companies because if what you're doing is just absorbing other companies and then laying off a lot of employees that worked their lives just to be in that position. And then they are kicking out of the curve after the merger happens. Then did you really had the money for you to merge with that company? Mm-hmm. Did you really have that much money? Because if you did have that much money, there shouldn't be that shouldn't be that many necessary layoffs. In fact, it should be like, all right, I bought you guys now, now start making triple A games and shit and whatnot. Like do your thing, do your job, do you, do work, do work, you know? But now it feels like, oh yeah, I'm you. We can elim- eliminate this department. We can, you know, we can put these two departments together into one. We can cut yeah. off corners here and there, and that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the part that they're just cutting corners all around after the merger, and that's that's not that's not a a fun thing because, like, damn, like I said, I worked my my whole life, got to this position. And then all of a sudden, this merger happened, which I thought was gonna be a great thing. And now I'm finding out know, I'm losing my job. Now I had to figure out where to work now, and who can hire me when everything's already been, you know, taken care of. So I, that's why I'm always kind of against some of these mergers. Like if it's for the greater good, sure. But if it's if it's just so they can control game, control the whole game state, or it's like, now now I don't want to hear Microsoft blaming activision if their next triple a game doesn't do well like i don't want to hear that i don't want to hear microsoft saying a word out of it oh we did fail it's like yeah i guess because you lay off a couple people who were in the middle of the projects anyway that's my run what are your what are your closing thoughts on that
1: yeah i mean we won't know what went internally like i work in tech and i can tell you that like there's some people that i'm just like yeah, you you shouldn't be working in tech and I don't know how you're in this high position and I think sometimes with mergers it's we'll a good time that. for to eliminate some of the people dragging you down. Um I don't think there's 1900 lazy people but I think maybe a good amount were like, you know, yeah. these are the people like underperforming. Yeah. And I think it's just time to like let it go cuz it is it is annoying when you like when you work with someone like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like very stressful because it's like I'm trying to do a good job but right. I can't do a good job because you're always as strong as like the weakest person you have to work mm. with like either on your team or collaborating with but 1900 I don't I don't think that's like all those people were bad I think they were right. I, I don't know it's, I think it's a mixture of both
0: all right I I like that perspective I didn't I didn't see it that way so yeah I can see why they will cut off a lot of those underperformed people or people who don't actually work or they're just mm-hmm. layman's turn lazy overall.
1: Yeah, because I know for s- some companies, I think maybe Google, like when they buy a company, they mm-hmm. re-interview like every engineer from the company they're mm-hmm. they're um, okay. like, absorbing. And like yeah. sometimes they can't pass the Google interview because that's one of the hardest interviews. And so they're just like, yep, we're going to let you go. Like, cause we have, like, a standard to meet.
0: And you don't mean um, those standards and again, then, I,
1: yeah. I, I don't think, like, that's all 1,900 people from Microsoft that got laid off. But I think it's, like, a mixture of, like, they're cutting, like, you know, some of the fat off. But, well, they're definitely cutting off. Trying off to f- save money.
0: Yeah, they're definitely cutting from both spots and Activision Blizzard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they're cutting on both ends. That's kind of, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good way to purge all the lazy people. But then, I, I guess, like you said, it's kind of hard to believe like
1: all, all 1900 of them were very underperforming, very lazy. They like I said, I think it's a mixture, but like we won't know, you know, it's like we won't know the performance reviews or a- any stuff like that.
0: Right. It just sucks like, the, the, you know, after a merger that you guys spend mil- billions of dollars is like, oh, yeah, we're going to lay off everyone. At least, at least the nice thing that they did—they did it now and not before the holidays. That would have been a shitty move out of them. Then I—I w- would have cussed them out and and formal civil lawsuit or something. I, I will—I will raise hell for at that point. Yeah. But yeah, guys, let us know in the comments down below what you guys think about this massive layoff. Let's move on to the final topic, which is I'm very excited about it. Universal Studios announced Epic Universe. The new park of Universal Studios like in Universal Studios Orlando. It's going to be the fourth theme park in Universal Studios. And I saw the trailer and I saw some of the designs and the four new worlds that they're opening. It's the Super Nintendo World which is very heavily focused on Mario theme. If they're going to call it the Super Nintendo World, I hope they'll bring other more stuff other than just Mario stuff like Zelda, Metroid, and Pokemon. But well, I guess we'll mm-hmm. see later on. Um, Dark Universe. So they're gonna bring back they're gonna have a whole park just for you know, recreating all the classic horror monsters and probably modernize them. So like the Draculas, the Frankenstein's, the werewolves, the Mummies, you know. That's mm-hmm. that actually got me excited because imagine um for horror nights, I'm pretty sure they're gonna use that for horror nights. That's gonna be a dope theme about it they also though expanded more on the harry potter universe which to me i'm like whatever about it but they did do the the kid section, which is like the dream words on how to train a dragon that kind of looked interesting and then they have an they have a, a hotel that's called the grand hotel helios which the hotel is literally inside the the theme park for anybody who's staying in the hotel you just go and enter the theme park if, you know, if you have, if you purchase it, if you have the passes for whatnot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they'll have a way to regulate that. It's pretty easy. But, but yeah, dude, Universal Studios announced it and they're opening
1: next year. Next year, 2020, Do you have any thoughts about it? I haven't been in Universal in a while, but I, I did want to go once they opened the Nintendo stuff. Yeah. That, so I'll probably check it out once that opens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't be surprised if I'm the, literally the first one.
1: Day one, <laughs> probably day zero. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta do a review put on the podcast. <laughs> I'll probably do
0: that and more. Yeah, we'll do, we'll, we'll have like a little GoPro camera and what, and you know, just record the whole day experience and just put it up in the podcast. Yeah, um, that'll be a very interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, it looks fun. Um. I guess, like, I like the new theme. And I like the way the rich and they're doing. I guess my concern is, like, in terms of a uh, ride. Because I can see the attraction. The attraction level, I can see it. Like, you guys nailed it. You have it. The attraction, I see it banned. But I'm concerned more about the rides. Like, I'm, based on the trailer, based on the trailer, I don't know much about it. Based on the trailer, mm-hmm. they announced, like, they have, like, two roller coasters that it's, you know... That one of them is gonna be like a uh, race car and whatnot. The other one is uh, like a ride, um, Mario World. You know, you're doing the Mario Kart thing. That's as much knowledge as I know what on um, the ride. So I'm, so I'm wondering, are they gonna have like the same amount of rides compared to Universal and Islands? Like Universal has like a total of eight rides. Islands has like nine or ten or something like that. And obviously, Volcano Bray has their own, but, you know, that's different. It's a water park. It's supposed to. I'm concerned if Epic Universe is going to have, like, at least six, seven rides that you can say, oh, yeah, I'm willing to spend a hundred bucks to go to this theme park today because of these rides. Because, like, I can see people spending hundred and something dollars to go to Universal and you get your money out of it because of all the rides and all the attractions. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if you're going to spend that same amount of money by going to an Epic Universe and have almost the same amount of joy as you did on the others. That's my concern. Yeah. The rights selection. Like, I want to know if there's going to be more rights and if the rights are going to be as good as they are. And if there's any future plans on adding more stuff to it. Because I feel like this potential of adding this fourth theme park it has a lot of potential. To grow even more and add more stuff, but you you tell me your thoughts, your final thoughts on this.
1: Um, I definitely want to go. <laughs> What's well, definitely- uh, yeah, I I agree. Like, um, it'll, it'll be pretty bad if it's like two rides for like. It's gonna be over hundred. It's probably like 150, 175. I I,
0: 100. can, I can I can well I'm yeah. saying
1: hundred has been
0: like, as as being you know fair. You know, I, I'm just putting a number there. I'll I'll look at at the ticket that's gonna be between 120 to 150. I don't know if it's gonna mm-hmm. be as pricey as Universal or Islands. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be more at that 130 dollar range. But I'll be like kind of I'll be like kind of uh, disappointed. Is like man, I'm paying 130 and I only get two rides. Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be fairly disappointed if it's like that, you know. Because otherwise, you could put you could at least squeezing those two rides in Universal or in Islands whichever is easier for you guys you know I guess that's my concern
1: yeah I I agree with your concern (laughs) um but yeah the Nintendo stuff I'm excited for like I'll definitely go even if it's only two rides I think I'll go at least once to experience it but then I will let people know hey I had fun but just know it's like you know two rides or whatever
0: yeah exactly and, and I'm definitely, I am I think I'm super, I'm more excited on the Nintendo world than I really realize, you know. I don't know why. I'm just fairly excited. I guess because of all the things that, all the good reviews I've been hearing from Nintendo world in, in Universal Japan and in Los Angeles. That me seeing it um Orlando, it seemed like more of a, like, I can't wait. So my expectations are pretty high. And that concerns me because, like, I hope that my expectations are met you know yeah and because i really want to i really want to be part of it i really want to get into it and hopefully like oh yeah this was definitely worth it you know but i guess we'll see how everything goes afterwards you know but yeah the announcement of epic universe is out check out the trailer the universal studios pages and all their social medias they did a good job on the marketing um, I don't have any negative things to say about it other than, other than I hope that we're going to get more than two rides. I'm pretty sure we're going to have like a, at least a good six, seven rides. And they just like they haven't announced it yet. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Let us know in the comments down below. Um, we're going to wrap this up right here, right now, man. We did a good, good, fairly amount of time, man. That's good. All right, so before we wrap this up, man, let the whole people know where they can follow you.
1: Right, my Instagram and YouTube, my Phoenix, Mike Phoenix Hero. Um, I make YouTube content for Yu Gi Oh, obviously. Um <laughs> uh, deck profiles and unboxings whenever I get stuff. And then again, if you guys have suggestions, just let me know and I'll try to make videos for you guys. Um, any final thoughts overall? I'm ready for uh the sneak peek <laughs> for Phantom Nightmare.
0: Yeah, I'm waiting for me to spend more money when I shouldn't be spending more money.
1: Well, you could save it for that case. For oh, <laughs> I'm going to save it
0: for the case. 100%. Yeah. I want that case because I definitely want to play all those decks. I want the Rika. Right I want the Fire Dragon. I want Centurion. 100%. I want that. We'll see guys. Um, let us know in the comments down below what are your overall thoughts into all these news. And yeah, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, like and subscribe for your weekly episodes here at youtube.com slash awgc podcast or a wolf in geats clothing. And you can check all my social medias for any of the latest episodes and for the audio platform. You can check on SoundCloud, Spotify, AH Radio, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Wolves and Music or the Lone Wolf Podcast or just type in a wolf in Kings Clover. You're definitely going to find all those episodes for free. Um, comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me and Mike to cover it, please let us know in the comments down below. We'll do our best to talk about it on the next episode. So guys, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next one. Alright? Peace!